0: Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com.
1: Welcome to episode 10 of the official Nerds Talk podcast, Geek Speak. I'm your host, Sean. And join as always is my co host, Josh Mysterio Was Right, Rudy Rudolph. This is the podcast where we watch movies, make movies, play games, and more. What else can you ask for? Hey, Josh.
2: Howdy. howdy.
1: I nicknamed you something interesting today.
2: uh, Mysterio was not right.
1: You stand by that? Uh, Yeah. Okay. You know what? That's correct because we saw Far From Home very clearly (laughs) what happened in the last movie. This episode will be mostly about uh, Spider-Man No Way Home, but we'll, of course, Say that for a little later, as well as we'll avoid spoilers for the first part. You'll have a warning beforehand. Do not worry. um Josh, have you watched anything cool lately besides that?
2: uh Let me pull up my le- trusty letterboxd account. We both uh, watched West
1: Side Story. You saw I've it three se- times.
2: I've seen it three times. I am in love with it. I love um, that you
1: watched it on your letterboxd. It was West Side Story, West Side Story, Spider-Man 2, West Side Story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: Aside from West Side Story, I rewatched every Spider-Man movie to get ready for No Way Home. And I watched Guillermo del Toro's new movie, Nightmare Alley. That's really good. Uh, And The Matrix.
1: Nice. The first one, though, right?
2: The first one. I'm working my way through the trilogy to get ready for Resurrections.
1: You enjoyed Nightmare Alley?
2: Yes. Very, very good movie. It felt very old school cinema. Uh, If you're expecting like a monster movie like uh, some of del Toro's other films, don't expect that. And that's all I'm going to say for it.
1: I watched the original Spider-Man trilogy again. I don't love it. It's fine. You're
2: about to get the whole reign of the internet's wrath upon you now, Sean. I,
1: I didn't give any of them a negative rating. I am I was positive with it still. I think they're fine. That's not negative. I watched Far From Home again in preparation for No Way Home. I didn't have time to watch Homecoming, Far From Home, and The Amazing spider Um, I would have enjoyed doing that more. I just didn't have a chance. I'm actually going to go back now and watch the other ones because I wanted to have... I want to watch the Andrew ones now again because I... Just to compare now see how it holds up. I watched What's That Story with you. Yes. I watched House of Gucci. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
2: I saw saw that Thanksgiving week.
1: That was an interesting movie. Yes. Yeah, so we watched movies recently. Our last episode was with the wonderful Hunter Ferris from Wholesome Film Talk. We talked about Tick, Tick, Boom. Go watch that episode. It was much fun. Yeah. We had a recording of that one with our cameras on for the first time. And probably only time unless we have more guests. So go enjoy that episode. It was really cool. It was a good musical. Because we don't often get guests, so that was neat. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to say the DCOM probably for the end now. So we did watch another DCOM, and I'm going to put the DCOMs back in the episode I think it just works better. Yeah. It's a lot easier on my part to edit all of it like that um, as well, and we also get this actually motivation to watch them (laughs) because we're like, we'll put it off for later if we don't ever do it. So we watched Johnny Tsunami. That was an interesting one. Which one's next, Josh?
2: Uh, Give me one second. Pull it up.
1: Josh knows everything.
2: Uh, Wikipedia, help me out here. Oh, no. We skipped one. We skipped Smart House. Smart House was supposed no, to be No, we the know, because Halloween Town. It was supposed to be after Canned Worms in the 13th year. Then we went to Halloween Town too for Halloween. Uh, But then Smart House was supposed to be after the 13th year. But we skipped that. It just went straight on to Johnny Tsunami. I don't think there was a reason. I think we just forgot.
1: Oh, well, Smart House will be next then. <laughs> cool. If we can find it, if it's on Disney Plus, probably it's, is. it's on Disney Plus. Cool. Oops. Anyway we had news josh
2: we do news is a thing
1: uh let's start with some game stuff the game awards happened, so cool (laughs) but we got trailers for games and shows they also released yeah they released the sonic 2 trailer because of that which was an interesting trailer
2: i am very excited for that movie
1: it'll be fun i i don't know what the story they're trying to do with these are anymore because it's sonic works as a game of a a hedgehog running to escape man him trying to be a superhero is very odd but it's kind of fun
2: the story for sonic doesn't really matter unless you're doing that sonic game where he becomes a werehog yeah
1: do sonic unleashed
2: but aside, aside from that i'm fine with the movies doing whatever they want and it makes me very excited
1: i like that uh robotnik is using knuckles that's fun yeah, I like this the stash. I wish they kept the pot belly on his stomach for the the rotund look, but it's fun. Uh, I, I like his overall look of uh, Robotnik slash Eggman. I like that they have Aegis Elba as Knuckles, the echidna.
2: I was very interested to see how that works, but like just hearing him from like whatever the one or two lines that he has in trailer, it's gonna work.
1: What makes you think I need your power? I like right. tails. They use the original t- tails voice in the original cartoon.
2: It's gonna be a very fun film. James yeah. Marsden is back.
1: I'll give it a yay.
2: I'll give it a yay too. It's
1: a fun trailer. We also got a trailer for a game. Yeah, a game It's just very pretty called Star Wars Eclipse. It takes place a few, a hundred years before the prequel time, I think.
2: I'm very curious what this is going to be like because it's from the studio that made the game's Detroit become human beyond two souls. And those are point and click kind of games, but for like game consoles. So I'm curious if they're going to stick with that route for this or if they're going to make their first actual like really playable game. I'm very curious what it's going to be like.
1: It's very pretty, but at this oh not make, make it into a show or movie. Then it, it feels like you're I don't those love when s- games. Go overly into this and not focus much on the gameplay.
2: But- yeah. What? Whenever I see a game and they have highly like cinematic reveal trailers or that's just all the trailers that there are for the games, I get worried because that's not at all what the gameplay or the game is going to look like. Like when I was a kid, uh World of Warcraft did those kinds of trailers all the time and I thought that's what the game was and then you know, you go- you google what it's like. It's just like, "Oh, so those trailers lied to
1: me." It's like any mobile game ad. <laughs> yeah, so basically an uh, uncharted section of the galaxy with never before seen species and planets to discover. This part of the Outer Rim is rife with opportunity and political tensions that could alter the fabric of peace. What will you do? I don't know, game. What will I do? See the galaxy through the eyes of an, an ensemble cast of multiple charismatic playable characters, each with their own morality, personality, motivations, and impact upon each other and the story at large. Okay, but your own morality, it's your morality as a player, a bit. You're playing a character.
2: Well, in the games that they've made before, a lot of it was all choice-based, and it would drastically ah. change how the story plays out.
1: Okay. I mean, it feels like it would be almost a point-and-click, like a snatch kind of thing instead.
2: We'll find out.
1: Yeah, it looks uh, – yay. I like Star Wars, and it looks I, pretty.
2: It was – I'm going to it yay.
1: Uh, yay. for pretty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next, it's something that looks like a game, but as a movie, all the way around, or as a show. And that's the Halo show.
2: Oh, I'm so excited. I've
1: never played Halo besides maybe five minutes of one of the games where I was playing soccer on a rock. Don't know Fun. what I was doing. Yeah, so you've played Halo. Correct?
2: I have. I've played them all except for uh, the newest one that just came out. Uh, I'm very excited because it looks like that they're putting in a of effort into the show. Master Chief looks perfect. The score it sounds just like the games. Um, Aesthetic-wise, it's very much giving me those vibes. I'm not entirely sure where in the timeline of the stories they're going to take place, but I'm very excited to see what they do with this. Um, and Paramount Plus really needs a win right now because they just don't have much going for them at this moment.
1: Let many streaming services burn so we can have a few. I want There's too many. There are too many streaming services, Josh.
2: Yeah, because who out there is subscribing to like Discovery Plus or AMC Plus or what does just so many ones that I'm just like, oh, that's a thing, okay? And
1: they're all like Plus Max, fun naming conventions, guys, so creative. It looks pretty, so the same reason before. Yay, I like pretty. I, li- I like I like pretty. I've, I've not played game. I think pretty. <laughs> <laughs> so pretty. The I am interested in though, because I've actually know these characters. The Suicide Squad, Killer Justice League. This looks fun.
2: I'm very excited for it.
1: It seems very Flash-focused for a lot of it, like the character.
2: My, my guess cool. is it's going to be section by section in terms of like who you're fighting the Justice League. I think if they try to take on the entire Justice League all at once, they're going to get vaporized like instantly.
1: I mean, honestly, they should get vaporized by any of them anyway. But that is true. <laughs> the Flash could vaporize them all instantly, but that's I'm, not the that fun of the game.
2: I'm curious if they will actually kill any members of the Justice League. Because, obviously, that's what the game is called, but, like, clearly something is up with them, so will they actually be evil and kill them, or will they save them?
1: I think it would be more fun if they kill them. That would.
2: <laughs> I also have no idea if this takes place in the Arkham universe or not, because it's made by the same developers as the Arkham games, and I thought I mean, that I've heard that takes place in that universe. There is
1: a race swap of a character.
2: There is. But Also, so, I don't really care.
1: <laughs> no, I'm saying it would lead to the idea of it not being the same universe.
2: Yeah, but... It's a video game. Uh...
1: Speaking of race swaps and superheroes, so yeah. <laughs> this is an odd little thing about the Amazing Spider-Man. I've pointed out to you before. You a, have it's really weird. I, a, I
2: can't. I can't unsee it
1: now. <laughs> there's a scene. It's it's so like subtle, and they're you're focusing on the action. But when Peter's gaining his powers in the Spider-Man, and he's on the subway, there's a moment where someone, a man, harassing Peter's like, "Get off her!" He gets hit a few times, or punched around a few times, or whatever, pushed around, and then he changes to a black man.
2: One of the attackers was a black man, uh, and then it's a very quick cut. Until he gets pointed out to you, you probably wouldn't notice it. But, like, he swings Peter's skateboard at him, and he yeah. breaks it. But after he breaks it, he switches to a white man. Yeah,
1: and they just replace him with a, a white man.
2: <laughs> yeah, it honestly has to be some kind of scheduling thing, and but then just can't work around it. So it's weird. still very weird.
1: Super weird story, mini edition. So, Suicide Squad, the dust League, I'll give a yay as well, because... I've not played much of the Arkham game. I've played some of the Arkham Asylum, and that's about it. I've also played some of the VR Arkham game that you have. So that's my experience with the Arkham games. And I think.
2: I'm very excited for this. I'm very curious to see where the Arkham team takes their approach to the Batman story and spreads it out to something that isn't just Batman. So, yay? I'll
1: give it a yay. Okay. This is going to be a petty nay. But next thing is, all, it's a DC news thing, Josh. And it has to do with Black Adam. So uh, we got pictures of the movie now. We got some stills from behind the scenes of the Black Adam film with Dwayne Johnson in his full Black Adam suit. It does look pretty cool. Tonality is interesting. I feel good would match. It's the same magic that gave the, Sh- the, Shazam-ly, the Shazam family their powers. It's a little odd that the tone is so different in how it looks and works. But I'm fine with that.
2: Uh, yeah, I'm... I'm excited for this. I'm I'm very curious to see Dwayne Johnson actually like go a lot more evil with his role. I I don't know exactly how dark this is going to go or how different his performance is going to be, but I'm excited nonetheless.
1: What do you think of the uh, the suit the look?
2: Oh, I love the suit. The suit looks great.
1: You think overall looks back like Black Adam? Yeah. I think I should have given him, him some hair because he has hair in the he always has hair. Um, also, I'm mean, giving this an A for a very very petty reason. Give him the the dumb elf ears. Give—he has pointed ears in the comics for a reason. He's—I want him back. It's silly, so I'm giving it a, a, a very petty nay. <laughs> I, I do like the suit; it's cool. But ah, also the the, the, the script on the suit that looks similar to the Kryptonian language—that's kind of neat too.
2: I'll, I'll give it a yay.
1: I'm still gonna give it. A, elf,
2: elf, elf ears don't
1: uh, bother me. Give me the ears, Josh. <laughs> Shang Chi too is in development, Josh.
2: I'm excited.
1: I am too, and it's a, thats an official thing. Also, the director says he wants Jackie Chan in it.
2: That oh my god, that'd be amazing.
1: Destin Daniel Cretton, he was
2: a he was a co writer on the first one. Yeah, he, he directed the first one.
1: Right, he's ready directing the second one for sure. And he said it would be a dream role to have Jackie Chan in the film. I love that idea.
2: Do whatever you had to to get him to be in the film. I would love to see the pressure Simu would be under to just try to compete with Jackie Chan in any fight scene.
1: Yeah, he opened up in a recent interview with Cinema Blend about, it's not like it was already up the plan, it's just that, that'd be cool if it happened, kind of thing. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm down with the, Shang-Chi is one of my favorite MCU films, so I love it.
2: It's a, it's a good time, good film.
1: The first one received $432 million at the global box office.
2: For being no. still during a pandemic, that's not
1: bad. No, Oppenheimer is a movie. Do you know that?
2: Yeah, it's it's a Nolan film.
1: Yeah, the cast grew.
2: The cast has grown. The cast is
1: great. Florence Pugh, Ronnie Malek, and Benny Safety. So, and they're joined the cast of Killian Murphy, Robert Downey Jr., Matt Damon, and Emily Watt. Oh my God!
2: <laughs> this this cast alone is enough to get me to see it. If if he didn't even say what the movie was about, I would go see it nonetheless.
1: Right, but that's interesting because it's like it feels like it's compensating for potentially a bad idea of a story. Maybe we'll f- I don't know. We'll
2: find out. Look, it's a movie about the creation of the atom bomb. Is he gonna actually use a real nuke in the movie? Knowing Nolan, he'll try to, <laughs> at the at the bare minimum.
1: Uh I think it's fascinating because it's a pretty like shitty story. Like, like based like of what what we did, what happened. So it'll be fascinating to try and make it something we care about. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, I'm, I, I have absolutely no idea what his approach to this is going to be like, so I'm very curious to see what it turns out to be.
1: Yeah, the Manhattan Project is a messed up thing. This casting is fun. So The casting alone, giving me an, a yay for this.
2: Uh, I, I, give, I give yay.
1: I like Florence Pugh. I like Ryan Malek. I've seen Benny safety like twice. I think he's fine. Cool. Anyway, <laughs> here's some other casting returning thingies. Other casting returning thingies, Josh. Kobe, Smolders.
2: She's an actor.
1: Yeah. She's gonna be back as Marie Hill again. Yay. In Secret Invasion series at Disney Plus, she's coming back as Marie Hill. Yay. Potentially as the scroll version.
2: Or it could just be like her. My guess is she was you know, she's actually in space with Fury.
1: Sure. But because Secret Invasion some ball scrolls, it'll probably also be some of that shape shifty scroll stuff. So Well,
2: there's definitely gonna be scrolls in there.
1: Yeah. Are you are you happy about this news that she's returning? Yes, it's very weird that uh, is Robin Scherbatsky still. Uh, <laughs> I just hear "Let's go to the mall" in my head.
2: No, there's a, there's a difference. She wears leather all the time. When she's oh. uh, Hill,
1: yeah, you're right. Always leather. Yay. Do we talk about Spider-Man No Way Home?
2: Yeah, I guess.
1: Eh, it's an indie movie. It's so so small.
2: Yeah, no one's gonna see it.
1: Oh my god, this movie, Josh. I, non-spoilers first. We have to put it out there. We what will not. We ta- spoil-
2: what can we talk about that won't that won't be a spoiler?
1: Vague things. Like, very I'll say amazing. this, everyone does a good job in the movie. Like, yes. if you are interested in seeing good performances, you'll see that. If you want to see more of J.K. Simmons back as J. Jonah Jameson, more than this, the N.T.'s are Far From Home. He is in it more, and he's very fun to watch. Yeah. He does two scenery again. It's not the same character as he was in the Toby Maguire films, but it's still a funny character. They did a fun cutaway to see him, like, in his bedroom doing the green screen, showing that he's just <laughs> in his room, get, like, some some schlub just having, like, we are right now, just in our rooms doing podcasts. It's very funny to watch that. I'm trying to think of things I can say, because this movie is very spoilery.
2: So I guess I'll I'll vaguely explain the story of the film. So it Good follows. I'll, I'll try my best. Picks up right after where Far From Home ended. Mysterio has revealed Spider-Man's identity. Uh, and because of that, uh, his whole life is getting screwed up. So he asks. But for hold on. Doc-
1: if you've not seen Spider-Man Far From Home, you also cannot watch, listen to this podcast right now. Skip the next part.
2: I f- yeah. Yeah. Just get, get <laughs> out of here. <laughs> So Spider-Man seeks the help of Doctor Strange to to fix everything to make people forget that uh, they know that he's Spider-Man, but they mess up the spell and now villains are coming in from every which direction and it's up to him to figure out how to get them out of his world.
1: Yeah, that's kind of what it's for the trailer show. I think a spoiler is not in the main marketing. We'll say that much. So if you're not seeing the first two trailers, then that's yeah, it's cool. I love the relationship between MJ and Peter. I think it's great. Yep, I love Tom Holland in this. He's great aunt may is great in this i didn't love happy in this that much honestly it was fine he because he just didn't have any uh, character really the end of far from home has them having this uh, aunt may and happy having a talk about their relationship and that there are things that go on from that about happy's mindset anyway, like, i can't say anything right now <laughs> <laughs> i will say that i really think it is a good spider-man film like if you love the character you i think you'll love this movie
2: it's it's amazing. It's fantastic. It's spectacular. Uh, That's oh, yeah. another Spider-Man word.
1: There you go. <laughs> it's good. There was definitely some interesting issues they had to deal with with could not you want to get some actors the whole time it looks like.
2: Yeah, but I th- I kind of expected that for certain parts, but I think they made it
1: work. Yeah. I also I will say that if the villain any nostalgia stuff that happens doesn't feel forced super like super forced. It all serves as yeah. the main story of Peter Parker.
2: Yeah. There's definitely certain lines that are definitely like winks and nods, to certain things on the internet, but like they clearly knew that um, and intentionally. I thought that was fun.
1: This movie does acknowledge meme culture.
2: It's it's fun,
1: and that's really cool.
2: I I will say this probably has my favorite action scenes in the MCU Spider-Man movies. Their their fights can get very intense and very brutal, and yeah. I love seeing it go that route.
1: Brutal good work. They do have a reflection of if you've seen the Tom Wire films. There are some brutal fights that happen in that, like where it's just hard hitting for a while, and they almost do that at one point. Like that's pretty cool. There are some also fun ama- homages to the other franchises as well, because they had the villain, so it makes it have some fun homages. Like, you know, from the trailer, I'm gonna say from, from the trailer, the <laughs> <laughs> from the trailer the lizards in this movie. Uh, I I'm not spoiling anything by saying I feels weird saying anything.
2: Yeah, and I'm aware.
1: They do a fun homage in the Amazing Spider-Man films. Uh, a film the lizard is at one point trashing a science a science lab in high school that happens too. Like it's a fun little th- nod to that there are fun moments like that which i really appreciate that do quick little matches that you blink and you miss it moments that's cool
2: anyone that's worried that this is a like oh peter's found a new mentor for him now and dr strange this ain't that at all so get get that thought out of your head The story i think is the strongest out of all the spider-man mcu movies it from, does from be- from beginning to end and I will get into this in spoilers, but I fucking love the ending of this.
1: It does also fix some of people's MCU Peter Parker problems.
2: It's like, it's very well done.
1: By you in this movie, a lot of people who have problems with Peter Parker, like myself, a lot of those problems are fixed, but it also creates new problems, which we'll get into soon as well.
2: I think this had a really good balance of taking itself seriously and knowing when to have fun, because I know that's p- problems that people have had. They don't take themselves as seriously as other ones, except for like a few key moments. But here, I think the balance of it worked really well.
1: Also, without a doubt, this is like among, if it's not the best Fire film film to date, it is among the best Fire films to date. Like you will... I'm being very serious. It's really good.
2: Per- personally, it is now my favorite Spider-Man film, and I'm telling oh, all of them, including Spider-Verse.
1: You're including in the spider Interesting.
2: I'm, I'm including Spider-Verse. Spider-Verse is amazing in, in so many different ways, but for reasons I will get into in the spoilers, that this is my favorite one. You
1: know, we're going gonna, gonna to stop calling out Spider-Verse, because that's into the, the Spider-Verse. The next one's called Across the Spider-Verse, so it, Spider-Verse won't be a good tag for it anymore.
2: Yeah, it's, it's fine. It's fine, it's for, fine for now. But, it's a problem for future Josh.
1: <laughs> there are still some things that there are problems, but the problems don't matter to me for most of it. Most of my problems Same. are very small nitpicks. Spoiler time, Josh. We can't do it anymore. Okay. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Josh. So
2: where do we start with spoilers? The,
1: the beginning. It's adapting one more day, but doesn't do it really well.
2: That was a ballsy thing for them to do. Cause that is a hated Spider-Man story, but they made it work surprisingly well. They well.
1: changed the end motivation for people to forget for for the, his choice.
2: The mo the motivation here works so much better.
1: Aunt May does uh kick the bucket
2: <laughs> again. Another ballsy thing for them to do that rarely happens.
1: And it's in one more day he makes a deal with Mephisto the devil to undo that, but in doing so loses his entire relationship with MJ as well as um. Like sacrificing people knowing who he is because he makes he it goes back to be and have anonymity again and there's all these other big stakes and all that still happens but they don't save on he doesn't do it to save his aunt he his, does it because his movie.
2: Because the multiverse is going to break open and, like, you know, destroy everything, like, he's, he's just like, screw it, I'll... T-. Here's the thing, it's not just people forget he's Spider-Man, they don't know he exists. To them, he has never existed now, so, like, that's even bigger than just people forgetting that he was Spider-Man.
1: And that really sucks, because, like, he has now do a GED, like, he can't do it, none of his school academic work matters at all anymore.
2: It's, that them forgetting that he even existed... Is such a major thing, but it is a that was a fantastic it, choice. It also adds parts. a
1: lot more questions for how people think happened in the past.
2: Well, we clearly know because Jameson at the end says that like you know, talks about Spider-Man. So Spider-Man still exists. No. So what it probably is is in Infinity War and Endgame, they know Spider-Man was with them, they just don't know who he was.
1: I'm not, I don't understand like how she has a black dolly necklace, the broken knot necklace on her neck still. Like, Again, that's David?
2: that's a very nitpicky thing to to try to explain away. It's it's like with Endgame with the time travel. It's cool. just like yes, you can nitpick it, but at the end of the day, that doesn't really matter.
1: I want some explanation for some of those things, some the moments in the past. Now in this next now trilogy, which is confirmed to have, we can have some moments. Think of of wait, how did this go? Now I think that'd be good for viewers in general for things like the necklace. For things like the moment at the end of the grave with Happy Hogan does not make sense to me. Oh, I know. How do you know, Aunt May? Oh I am noah through Spider-Man. Oh, I know through Spider-Man. How do you, how does Happy think? What is her relationship with Spider-Man? Like, it doesn't make sense to me that part. But it's fine. I don't care enough about that.
2: For me, it was the emotions of everything. Because when he goes to see MJ at the coffee shop and she's and she's there, but she doesn't recognize him. But in that moment, like he kind of realizes that this is a fresh start, not just for him, but for them as well. Like again, it's kind of more he doesn't want to put them at risk in danger or any right. kind of bad thing happening to them. So he makes a choice to not try to drag them back into this life again. Uh, Will he in the future? Probably. But at this moment in time, it's a no.
1: I think they want to read less in the movies now. I think that. MJ and Ned will have less screen time going forward because he's trying to keep them out of it.
2: Yeah,
1: I think he'll be going to Empire State University now. Yeah, which is cool. I means they probably will meet Eddie Brock and Harry Osborn. It's my guess there, and Gwen Stacy.
2: Well, forward. not uh, not Harry because OsCorp doesn't exist.
1: You can still have OsCorp might not exist yet, but the Osborns might exist. That's true. I think maybe it might be the start of OsCorp soon.
2: I feel like though. That after everything that happened in this, I think Peter would want to stay as far away from any Osborns as he possibly
1: can. <laughs> or try and get closer to them to prevent, prevent them from becoming bad. Eh, that's true. Because I still want to see versions of the, of the MCU, these characters, a lot of them. I do want to see what they do with a with a Green Goblin or Doc Ock. That's so it'd be interesting to see how that would go and that relationship would change now. Yeah. Wow, this movie.
2: I guess let's go from beginning and work our way towards the end now. Um so Daredevil, yeah, Matt Murdock was in the movie. It's one scene, but my god, it's fantastic.
1: Charlie Cox is Daredevil, like the Netflix Daredevil. One. Yeah, so they're bringing back the Netflix characters for some of them.
2: I'm perfectly fine with this,
1: and I just think it's amazing. I also just love that he, with a wave of his hand, he's out of any legal trouble now from Daredevil. He's like, which is which is great. He's like, you don't have to worry about illegal trouble anymore. I got that covered. And they throw a brick through the window. He, he dodges it and catches it. it. And he they ask, how'd you do that? He's like, I'm a really good lawyer. Well, he's a blind man. <laughs> so it's very confusing for them. And I love that.
2: It's That's great.
1: It does by the question of when will he come back now?
2: I'm very, I'm very curious. This is probably bringing like, him back clearly. Oh yeah. This is probably like a test for them to see like, you know, like how interested are people actually seeing him come back. And from the response in the theater alone, yep. like people want him back.
1: My very packed theater, there were gasps and like, oh my God. It's like everywhere. Other things that happened: the trailer is misleading about the Doctor Strange spell. That tr- Wong in the trailer says, "Don't cast that spell," and Strange winks. That's not at all what happened.
2: Yeah, Wong, Wong encourages him, but he just says to leave him out of it because, like, because as from context of the story, the spell itself is dangerous, but like Makes it can't it, it can work.
1: And but Peter here, does, also look at, Peter does not mess it up. Mess it up by talking, which was alluded to in the trailer. because That felt dumb to me and it's it's like okay we'll try this way okay we'll try this and dr strange keeps like obliging him and like complying with his his requests so it is still dr strange's fault technically whatever
2: yeah but the spell becomes like too out of control and like at first it seems that it's contained and everything is fine but the villains seeped through
1: the reason that not everyone came in is because it was just a small cracking out that's cool it's not just bring in Spider-Villains, it's bring in anyone who knows who Peter. That's a really cool way to do iterative reverse of what the spell was supposed to do. Yeah. Who knows Peter Parker and Spider-Man? And of course, that brings in Peter Parker. And Peter Parker.
2: But the theater, when oh my when god. He, when Andrew walked through that portal and took his mask off. I had not heard cheering in a theater since Force Awakens. And now just hearing so many people excited to see him again was amazing. Pun intended, of course.
1: I love Tom Maguire said to him, you're amazing. Come on, say it. You're amazing. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and the scenes between all the Spider-Man together was fantastic.
1: Fine. I'm Peter 3. <laughs> <'Cause
2: laughs> I love you guys. I love you guys. I've always wanted brothers. <laughs> Andrew Garfield could finally talk about this in interviews now.
1: He kept saying, guys, guys, I'm not the werewolf. I'm not sus. <laughs>
2: I'm not in the movie.
1: And, yep. He had a lie for so long.
2: But, hey, it worked.
1: I mean, his lie did not work. But... Okay,
2: for anyone that's been on, like, the internet and seen, like, the comic book, like, stuff on the internet, we all knew that he was in it. But for anyone that didn't know that he was in it, it like, had to be an amazing surprise for them.
1: I'm glad I wore, my- I wore an Andrew Garfield Spider-Man suit to the theater, and I loved that. I saw a few Bully McGuire outfits, a few people, like, in the black uh, Spider-Man 3 outfit. I'm like, that's cool. The suit and tie. Well, no, no tie, that's just the suit. Yeah.
2: That's amazing.
1: I saw people in pajamas, onesies, um, shirts, and stuff. It was, like, really cool to see people this happy. A, an adult man next to me started tearing up in this movie.
2: Like, I mean, a, like, I teared, I mean, I teared up during the movie. Right,
1: but we're young adults. He was, like, 50 years old. It's like, this is – that's meaningful. This movie yeah. means things to people. Yeah. Also, fun fact, because if you've seen Venom, at the pre carnage.
2: <laughs> there's a moment in that
1: movie at the end where Venom transports the MCU and we thought he'd like appear in this movie at some point because that made sense after that. Not really. He's just sitting in a bar the whole time getting drunk.
2: That was, that was a great scene of just him being like, so wait, there was a tin man that flies around and a big green monster and like an alien that was obsessed with stones.
1: It's like aliens don't like stones. And it's like eating brains.
2: <laughs> I um, Honestly, I loved that. That was, that was such okay. a good scene. Annie, you're drunk, but a little bit of venom gets left behind.
1: A symbiote. Um, I mean, I think it's going to attach to eventually Flash Thompson, probably. I could see that. Well, because I don't even notice this. On his bot, he had a, a thing in the movie where they interviewed him, and it said, uh, author, student, and patriot. And uh, he becomes Agent Venom.
2: That's true. He might be listening but to the military. But he's going to MIT.
1: Right, but that might – who knows what's going to change there. That is true. Yeah. I'd, be,
2: I'd be down for that.
1: I think it's going to go on Peter first, of course, to get Black Suit Spidey. yeah. I love that they called uh Toto Maguire a cool youth pastor, Based it's in his outfit. <laughs> he's wearing great. A bomber jacket. He looks so much older now.
2: He does, but like, he's, he still looks good.
1: I love also that they made sense of vaguely of Electro being g- yellow, not blue now.
2: Yeah.
1: He started out blue, then he, as he was in there longer, he started becoming yellower as well in that first scene. And
2: I, I love when he appeared uh, for the first time. The, uh, his theme song that Hans Zimmer wrote, uh-huh. um, played, that was
1: great. I also don't like his entire personality changed because it makes sense like his entire personality changed
2: yeah but also at the same time that's that's like that's again another like small thing that like i can nitpick but like at the end of the day it doesn't affect me well no i wouldn't necessarily say no because when he's electro uh like fully becomes electro at the end of tasm 2 his personality has changed so i don't so i don't think that it's far-fetched in this for his personality to be the way that it is the the de aging, um, you brought you mentioned that like for Alfred Molina and Willem Dafoe, like
1: it's it's flawless.
2: It looks amazing.
1: Willem Dafoe looks just like a goblin man all the time though, so <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> he looks like a creepy goblin.
2: Let's let's uh, talk about let's talk about Dafoe in this. Okay,
1: yeah, I like that they gave him his rags. Yeah, they found a way to have his hoodie and like sweatpants fall apart, to become purple rags.
2: Yeah, I, I loved how it combined like with his broken tired suit. But the only reason that his suit is really broken and tired is because of the first fight he has with Peter in this.
1: Norman's trying to come out there.
2: Yeah, that he's work. He's trying, he's really trying to suppress the goblin inside of him and actually really getting to see that side of him because we didn't really get a whole lot of that in the Raimi film.
1: No, he was a very kind of a one-note character, and that was just fine. It worked with him as he was in but it was cool i really enjoy what we got here i think they made him a better villain he was a four in this
2: yeah like oh that that's that fight scene that he first had which leads to aunt may's death my god that was i was on the edge of my seat the whole time hey it's danny pellegrino from everything iconic ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget In a given month, over seventy percent of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn dot com slash achieve today.
1: And the fact we have to talk about this. The fact that Aunt May says the great power comes there must also come great responsibility. Also, she quoted from the comic directly, unlike the original movie. She said there must also come instead comes great. That's a cool little note.
2: Yeah. There's literally an animated show that's getting made called Freshman Year. It's going to have Uncle Ben's death in it. It's gonna happen. Well, and they reference they reference it in, in Civil War. It happens.
1: I don't know anymore. It was weird. It's still good. Like if my biggest nitpick is a character not being referenced in a movie, <laughs> that's not that's saying a lot. I don't. I think it's really weird that Sandman is Sandy the whole time. Like I well, guess I think- they probably couldn't have Tom stay in church the whole time.
2: I th- I just don't think that they could get him because like when he gets when he gets cured, that's footage from Spider-Man 3. I've seen okay. that movie enough times to know that Spider-Man 3 footage. OK. Same as Risa yeah. as Lizard. Like that's from
1: TASM 1. Because Also, the uh, lizard thing should have worn off, too.
2: Well, not necessarily, because at the end of TASM 1, like when the third act starts and he attacks Peter at the school, he, ups, he keeps upping the dosage throughout the film. And from from that's the true. high school to the end of the film, he's the lizard the whole time.
1: You're right. Yeah, it's 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 interesting. I like how he made his entire character just. I'll give you a I'll give you a makeover. You mean the lizard? Yes. <laughs> it's very like, they make fun out of it. It's really funny.
2: I'm trying to think if there's any. You've seen
1: it twice now in one day. I,
2: yeah, I I saw it the early showing because I was too scared about spoilers. Um, and then I saw it with my uh, dad and brother. Uh, pretty much right after I saw it the first time, but. Uh, that Doctor Strange fight with Spider-Man in the mirror dimension was...
1: I love that. The actual plot of the movie, he's trying to cure these villains so they can go back and not die. That's the idea. He's trying to give them a second chance at life by becoming people again, not that,
2: villains. That is a very Spider-Man thing to do.
1: My only issue with that is if they get sent back, it erases the events of all... Like some of the other characters can't exist. It's weird, right? It's a little weird. Like if you bring them back it, to their own timelines,
2: yeah, but to I mean, happen. But I mean, multiverse and everything, like, at, eh.
1: it'd be cool if I had a scene in each universe now of them. It also means Harry Osborne would still be alive. Yeah. They wouldn't have fought. We Live a lot of different, different, like, it'd be a whole new What If series on just <laughs> the scenarios. That's a What If series I would watch. Just to see what, how that turned out.
2: The end fight, MJ falls. Uh, we've seen that in the trailer, and we think Tom's gonna catch her, but then goblin like you know, slides in on the glider and like scoops him up, she keeps falling, and Andrew gets his rede- redemption for not being able to save Gwen.
1: Okay, that's actually what m- most most people I know thought, thought it was gonna happen. But that's, that's pretty cool that it did happen. And- I loved seeing his face because he made the oh, exact my- same face, but like in a happier tone than he did in the first and the End the- 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 in- two. It
2: was so so good.
1: Yeah. Just, it was just the idea of this is not going to happen again. I won't let this happen again. Yeah. And when he said Gwen, she's my MJ, that was... Uh, ooh, this, Andrew's entire character in this was great.
2: Yeah. When Peter is just, like, beating the shit out of uh, the Goblin and is about to murder him, and then uh, Toby uh, stops him from doing that. doesn't even have to say any words, but, like, Peter knows, like, you know, that this is not worth it.
1: But, yeah, Tobe Maguire Spider-Man, we think he's going to die. He gets stabbed by the Goblet's glider, like, in an ironic way. This movie has a lot of interesting, like, positive irony things. Ironic yeah. things. It's good, Josh.
2: It's really good.
1: Any last-minute thoughts you want to say are really interesting? I like at the end that um, Peter's life is completely falling apart.
2: <laughs> yeah, you really can't do Spider-Man justice without Peter's life completely falling apart.
1: Also, he has a new suit. He has a very classic homemade suit at the end.
2: You see, Kevin Feige, like, he's just like, you see, you complainers, we did it finally just for you. you he's happy now, now
1: making his own suits.
2: He obviously can't have the Stark Tech anymore for obvious reasons. So, like, he doesn't have the glasses, he doesn't have the suits, he doesn't have any of that stuff anymore.
1: But it feels weird that he doesn't have the suit he was wearing when he left. Because he wore a suit when he left the uh, Statue of Liberty.
2: Well, it's probably because, like, it has Stark technology in it, and, like, uh, they can probably, like, track it and stuff like that.
1: All right. Oh so, whatever but well, this cool I like that he has that I think it's funny when uh, the guy said rent's due next month so in the theater and ha ha because of Mr. Ditkovich uh, oh yeah oh Ned's a wizard
2: <laughs>
1: Ned seamlessly did magic faster than Dr. Strange did
2: he really did
1: also the cloak of levitation just accepted him
2: I, lo- I love that
1: so watch him become hobgoblin beca- because he'll have magic
2: That'd be crazy. Because you
1: might still have magic now. We don't know that or not. That'd be crazy. How does MJ think she got hurt in the head?
2: Probably she was still there like during the whole thing. And she probably thought like, oh, I was just helping Spider-Man the whole time. And like she knows that. But like, again, she doesn't know anything about who Peter is. This was a dream that little seven-year-old me never thought could have ever possibly happened. And I will forever love this movie. And it is my favorite Spider-Man movie of all time now
1: he will be the most, like, probably common key Spider-Man we're going to get. Yeah. He is alone. He is broken. He has no one to rely on. He has learned his lessons a bunch of times now. He's no longer an Avenger. Or he is. It's confusing. This isn't just a tease for the future. This is a love letter to the character.
2: Yeah, not just this character, but, like, all the past versions of the character.
1: I think it's very funny that when... Tobe McGuire was asked if he had a, a girl. He said it's complicated. Is it still freaking complicated at this point? If it's still so
2: complicated at this point, buddy, I think you might need to find someone else. A final thought that I just remembered. I loved how they did Peter Spire sense in this. It was very different from how it's been done before, and I really liked it. The sense of dread that you feel whenever it happens. I love that.
1: Yeah, and it felt like everything was out of like his brain was out of focus.
2: Yeah, that was that was really well done.
1: I am ready for more. You know what it's time for?
2: Oh, I, I don't know. What, what is it time for? Super I, weird th- stories! Whoa!
1: And then it comes me last. That makes sense for tonal things. We're going with Spider-Man Spider-Man stuff. Crazy. So my super weird story is about Spider-Man stuff.
2: Crazy. Is it I'm, one more day?
1: No. that I'm actually saving it for a different day because that could be a bigger episode. Crazy. Going more in-depth in the plot. But this is actually about us. So we saw J. Jonah Jameson in this movie, kind of. We we did. Uh, he had a son named John Jameson.
2: He does. He was in Spider Man 2, his son, the astronaut.
1: <laughs> uh, rewatching that trilogy was interesting. So, John Jameson is an astronaut, that's correct. He has also other aliases. Do you want to hear what some of his aliases are? Yes. Van Wolf, Sky Wolf, Stargod, and Manwolf.
2: I know about the Man Wolf, or vaguely know about the Man Wolf.
1: But Stargod's a cool name.
2: I've not heard of Stargod.
1: <laughs> He was born in New York City, and he is single, guys, just up. you know. <laughs> I actually like, I have a Spider-Man Marvel encyclopedia in my lap right now. I have an encyclopedia on Spider-Man and the Avengers and the X-Men. So I'm pretty cool or really nerdy either way. His first experience was in Amazing Spider-Man Volume number 1 in 1963, and he has a Master of Science degree in Aeronautical Engineering. His dad's JJJ, runs the Daily Bugle, you know, my son the astronaut. Jameson is a skilled pilot astronaut and is experienced in hand-to-hand combat since when? When did he learn martial arts? That makes sense. Space. <laughs> yes, in space. Although it's funny, in Spider-Man 2, they do say he's the first man to ever play football on the moon. It's a very weird line to have.
2: It's a, it's a very weird joke.
1: <laughs> is it serious? I'm very curious.
2: Hey, that was a rhyme.
1: Let's go through his history bit, Josh, because it's a very odd history. So as a career test pilot and astronaut, Colonel, Jade, uh, Colonel John Jameson was, according to his father, made of the stuff of heroes. Well, yeah, his dad praises him all the time. Unlike mass menaces such as Spider-Man. Ah, there it is. Spider-Man has saved his life numerous times. Uh, during his first orbiting mission to Earth, Spider-Man replaced a guidance module on Colonel Jameson's plummeting space capsule. How? Wait. That's confusing, but fine. <laughs> when did he put it <laughs> Sure. Also, many versions, uh, the goo, the symbiote, comes from the spaceship. That's a fun fact. You might actually know it from the Spectacular Spider-Man. I do. In a subsequent mission in space, Jameson contacted spores from Jupiter that endowed him with superhuman strength, increased his size, and made him act more aggressively. That's similar to the symbiote. But that's cool. Uh, NASA gave him a special suit from Tony Stark's lab to keep his strength in check. What does that mean? (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> his, so, so he don't get too strong.
1: Why was that Ooh. a problem?
2: Because it's it's always a problem. Don't you don't you know how space works?
1: Right. When it appeared that Spider-Man was responsible for a bank robbery, John was persuaded by his father to become a public hero by apprehending him. Spider-Man had the upper hand, but John got a rematch. This time, Spider-Man neutralizes the spore with a dose of high voltage electricity, returning John to normal. That's lame. Don't don't cure your heroes. Later, Jameson was sent to the moon to collect rock samples. That's a really lame mission.
2: <laughs> go, go get, go, what am I going to space for? You're going to get rocks.
1: Yep. On a top secret mission and stumbled upon a glittering red gemstone. That sounds like, like Juggernaut. Once his mission was complete, he had a, a strange urge to obtain the gemstone from quarantine. He made it into a pendant and wore it on his neck.
2: <laughs> as, as one does.
1: Yeah, it's just fun jewelry, you know? Uh, the stone reacted to the moonlight on the first night of the next full moon, transforming Jameson into a savage lupine creature. He became a werewolf, which is a very <laughs> odd turn of things.
2: I love the way you phrase that. He became a werewolf.
1: <laughs> the gem was actually the Godstone. What <laughs> is that like the Arkenstone from uh from Hobbit? Interesting.
2: Yes, exactly
1: that. The crystallized power and essence of star god an ancient ruler from a dimension called the other realm
2: what the other realm the other
1: realm. from they, which they realm? just ran
2: out they just ran out of realm names they're like uh the the other realm
1: when star god was was dying he opened a portal to earth's moon and channeled his energy into the jewel which had landed there millennia before following the destruction of the collection of power gems known as the lifestone tree what was that sentence <laughs>
2: That was so many things all at once.
1: <laughs> Ancient prophecies, of course, foretold that in evil times, Star God would be reborn to save the people of Other Realm. The energies of the Godstone transformed Jameson into the form of the Star God. But the radiation that leaked through the portal to the Other Realm was so weak that the change was only partial. Whenever the moon shone upon this Godstone, Jameson gained the form, strength, and primal fury of Star God. Was Stargod a wolf? Is he a furry?
2: Let's let's not question that.
1: <laughs> I think Stargod's God's a furry. <laughs> Interesting. Jameson fought the transformations for months as the Man Wolf. He instinctively sought out and seemingly attacked his father. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! Who was quick to suspect the creature was partnered with Spider-Man? Of course he was.
2: As he as he do.
1: When Jonah uh, recognized the pendant around the Man Wolf's neck. He knew the creature was his son. However, he could not cure him by removing the pendant, since it grafted itself onto his skin. Jeez! So he is now permanently werewolf boy.
2: Just, just take a hammer and smash it.
1: It's in his skin.
2: He can, pack, he can put a bandaid over it.
1: it it's, it's grafted into his skin.
2: Yeah, so you, r- sma- you, it- sm- you smash it, and then you put, and then you put a bandaid over it. It's all good.
1: In subsequent battle with the Manwolf, Spider Man tore the stone from his neck and threw it in the Hudson River. That's pollution. Uh,
2: I'm gl- glad you noticed.
1: The wound took months to heal, but James- Jameson was cured. Okay, so it did eventually get cured. You're right. Unfortunately, the artificial vampire, Michael Warbius, Jared Leto? Oh, no. Uh, recovered the stone and reverted Jameson into the Manwolf again. Damn it, Leto? This is actually kind of interesting, though. So... I don't know why Morbius decided to do- I, I don't know why Morbius decided to do this to him, but he turned back into the man wolf again, hoping to use the beast in a scheme to cure <laughs> him. what
2: <laughs> That just sounds funny. He's just like Morbius has decided to make him a wolf again,
1: <laughs> <laughs> hoping to use the beast in a scheme to cure himself of these afflictions. So he's trying to cure him hold, hold on. He's trying to cure himself of his vampireness with a werewolf.
2: Sure. That makes sense. You know, I'm not the most like well-versed in my monsters. But I don't think a werewolf and a vampire are the same thing.
1: No. Anyway, it doesn't say how it was going to work. That's fine. Spider-Man thwarted the effort, but both Morbius and Jameson escaped. Once again, the man-wolf was rampant. Uh, It ran rampant monthly. (laughs) Because full moons. Jameson fled New York to Georgia, where he became entangled in a fight between S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Hatemonger, a clone of Adolf Hitler. (laughs)
2: This whole thing keeps going downhill, and every time it does, I have no idea where it's going to stop.
1: Nick Fury, director of S.H.I.E.L.D., escorted Jameson back to NASA where he had been absent without leave. Yeah, that makes sense because he's a werewolf. NASA offered to drop the charges if, if Jameson agreed to perform a secret mission to investigate the communication breakdown with an orbiting space station. Isn't he a wolf man? Hold on. <laughs> okay. At the station, Jameson began his journey to discover the other dimensional origin of his powers. That's good. He finally knows what came from. That's good to know. He journeyed with three humanoids from other realms through the portal on the moon into the other dimension. There, he was fully transformed into the essence of Star God, This time, maintaining his personality and intelligence, fulfilling the prophecies. Jameson donned the costume and wielded the weapons of Star God, ultimately managing to access his full power and the help of the... Real, miti, real mites.
2: This man was just sent on the mission to go give rocks from space, and now he's
1: Star God. To defeat the tyrant Orison Turk. What the fuck? Using the Godstone, Jameson teleported back to Earth. Once again, he found himself affl- afflicted with <laughs> lycanthropy. Which is the... Every
2: time this man leaves Earth and goes to space, he comes back with something new.
1: Well, that's basically means. He is now back into his werewolf form uh, to the back and forth. <laughs> Like, let just
2: accept that he's going to be a man wolf for the rest of his life.
1: Lycanthropy is the condition that we're wolves have. That's the idea. Um, ah. So, after leaving uh, the other one back to Earth, now it doesn't work fully again. That sucks. So, he's back to being wolf man. As a stone bored itself into his throat. Oh, cool. Okay. This time, the stone was slowly poisoning him. Of course. <laughs> That's a full sentence. That's all it says there.
2: <laughs> this time, the stone was fully poisoning him. Crazy.
1: In hopes of a future cure, John's body was cryogenically frozen.
2: <laughs> this this man has lived a life, and it's not a great one.
1: But Jameson was thawed and and mentally controlled by a dying scientist Spencer Smythe in an attempt to get revenge on Jonah and Jameson, uh, Jonah and oh. Spider Man.
2: Oh my God!
1: <laughs> Atop the Brooklyn Bridge with Spider Man and his father, Manuel Rivera, back to human. Yes, Smythe remotely. Caused John to fall backwards in agony off the bridge only to disappear. Okay. <laughs> the guy has dimensionally teleported him away. Oh, okay. Once again. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's... Once again, he goes to space and comes back with something new.
1: Once again, he became the star god once he's in the other dimension again. And with She Hulk and Hellcat, saved Other Realm from gravitational collapse.
2: That's such a random team-up. I feel like we're missing some information here. We're missing information. How does She-Hulk and Hellcat, Hellcat. Hel- Hellcat get to there and help the Sun God Man that was also a wolf boy l- save a planet
1: although <laughs> missing he missing en-
2: some information?
1: Although he enjoyed being the Star God, Jameson decided to return to Earth, losing his memory of Other Realm. Of reunited, reunited with his father, he and Spider-Man, Sought uh Dr. Kurt Connors to administer a biomagnetic treatment that caused John's body to finally reject the godstone. That's good for him.
2: He has had such a run with that stone.
1: With the stone crumbled into powder, he ceased transforming into the manwolf. John broke up with his fiance, Christine Saunders, <laughs>
2: and spent some time this whole, t- this whole time he was engaged to someone? <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> What did she think was happening this whole time?
1: She wanted the furries. You know, it's fine. <laughs> My he God. was with his fiance, Christine Saunders, and spent some time at the Sherwood Nursing Home Sanitarium to mentally recover from all his life's ordeals. That's fair.
2: That's a very fair thing for him to do.
1: <laughs> there, before his father's second marriage... He, what? <laughs> okay. There, before his father's second marriage, he was kidnapped by the Scorpion. Of course. But was rescued by Spider-Man. We are
2: going to say he was, and he was rescued by the stone.
1: <laughs> For a time, Captain America hired Jameson to serve as the pilot of his personal Quinjet, Freedom's Flight, as well as his van. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's why he's called Van Wolf. Okay.
2: That's okay.
1: While aboard no. the Freedom's Flight, Jameson's alias was Sky Wolf. While aboard the van, his alias was Van Wolf. That's okay. okay. Jameson assisted Captain America during the Bloodstone Hunt. And his attempts to combat the, the uh, drug trade during a turf war between Kingpin and the Red Skull.
2: This man has lived a life, and at this one, all started with him just going to space for some rocks.
1: Well, first he was going; he got some sports, that made him strong, and then it became a rock hunt. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, at one point, Jameson was hypnotized with other members of the Avengers support crew by Mother Knight and Minister Blood and was forced to assist them in an attempt on the Avengers' lives. But, the Avengers managed to halt him. Yeah, because they're the Avengers. Eventually, he was contacted by the villain Dredmund Druid. Jameson attempted to defeat Dredmund himself, but was overpowered and temporarily transformed into a werewolf that greatly resembled his man-wolf form. No! (laughs) No!
2: Don't do this to him!
1: Dredmund reassembled the Godstone and attempted to use it, but was defeated by Captain America. The stone was destroyed again. John was attracted to Captain America's girlfriend, Diamondback. Wait, like from, from uh, what from Luke Cage?
2: Oh, I was gonna, I was gonna say Diamondback, um, the Ben Ten uh, character.
1: Yeah. So John, Luke, isn't that like, isn't that the 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 bad guy in Diamondback? That's uh, America's, America's girlfriend. Okay.
2: Hold on, give me, give me one second. Yes, but in the show, he is a man.
1: Ah, so Catamarka's girlfriend died him back and left his em- employment in shame after trying to steal a kiss. Okay. All right, then. so the man-wolf boy tried to get- kiss Catamarka's girlfriend, who's also a villain in Blue Cage. Cool. After a time as a freelance monster hunter, of course.
2: <laughs> as, as you are.
1: Uh, he served as security chief at the Ravencroft Institute where he began, began a romantic relationship with the director, Dr. Ashley Kafka. After several problems with the superpowered criminally insane inmates, including carnage, the Institute was temporarily shut down. That would make sense. Uh, the director thought she was so close to healing the chameleon of his mental illness, but was duped by the villain, enabling him to escape and he kidnapped her, John and Spider-Man. With this final breach of security, Senator Roberg fired Jameson and Kafka Hiring Dr. Leonard Sampson as the new Ravencroft's director. Shortly, th- shortly thereafter, Mad Jack, aka Daniel Burkhart, implanted a command in Jameson's mind to smother his hospitalized father with a pillow. Okay. So he, they're trying to now get James uh, Wolfman to kill Jay Donelson with a pillow, causing cool. John to act wolf-like. Though in human form, the director of Kafka used hypnosis to undo the effects transforming him temporarily into the man-wolf, despite uh, the absence of the godstone. How did that How did that work? Okay. Residual effects of the godstone are apparently permanently a part of Damason. Oh, no! He and Kafka broke up after some time. Oh, that's rip, rip, my guy. And John hopes to someday return to a more adventurous life. Why?
2: Why would you want that?
1: For now, he is simply living as a social worker. He recently ex- expressed some romantic interest in She-Hulk and gave hi- her his Jupiter suit after a few modifications from modifications from Reed Richards to help her manage her out-of-control strength. Currently...
2: <laughs> I thought he was just doing that just because he didn't know how to ask a girl out. So he's like, here, take my, take my suit.
1: <laughs> currently, to end a crusade to discover Spider-Man's identity, John's father has been tricked by Peter Parker into believing his son is secretly Spider-Man. And that... <laughs> Is the Star God Man Wolf, aka John Jameson? What? I also just knew about like ten him years being... old. So there's been more since then. More, of a I story. knew
2: about him being Man Wolf. I did not know that this went that far.
1: It came from a magic rock That's from another dimension. Then when he teleports there, he gets full powers. When he teleports back, he becomes a werewolf. And then Morbius tried to do other things cure himself with Werewolf Boy. It's all weird, right? Yeah. Josh? Yes. And now we have, I'm going to give us 15 minutes total to talk about the movie that is our decon this week. <laughs> can we do what? it? I think we can. Okay. What's it called? Johnny Tsunami. <laughs>
2: I think out of all the decons we've watched, this is the one that I have the least amount of notes for.
1: I think it's all that the dad named his son Johnny after his guy he doesn't like.
2: Yeah, it's, it's interesting. My it, my first okay, note
1: What is the plot of this movie? <laughs>
2: so, the plot Hawaiian surfer boy Johnny, not na- last name Tsunami, that's his granddad's name. He's a surfer boy and likes to surf uh, like his granddad. Well, his granddad's dad not
1: named Tsunami, it's a nickname. No.
2: But uh, his dad doesn't like that he surfs because it's not uh, good for jobs and life and stuff. It's private. Uh, yeah. And then his dad gets a job offer, but they have to move uh, all the way from Hawaii to Vermont. And that's not cool because that has snow and no waves. Uh, it's not cool, dad. So they move there and he gets bullied because he wears Hawaiian shirts and says brah all the time. But then he finds cool friends that uh, like to snowboard. And he's like, oh, that's cool. That's like surfing. But with mountains, what? And twists and turns and drama. And what does it mean to be a father and all this stuff? That's the best way I can explain this.
1: Yeah, it's fine. I mean, it's a very better than Brink. I
2: it is better than Brink. Yeah, Brink's themes were more of "don't sell out, dude," and this one was more along the lines. This one I felt the some of the ideas felt more realistic. In certain aspects, yeah.
1: I also think that the girl played Xenon, and Xenon did a better job here than she did in Xenon.
2: When Xenon showed up, I had to hit pause. I was just like, "Is this a crossover? Is this continuing the Xenon mythos?" Because there's two sequels to Xenon that we still have to see at some point.
1: Yeah, and she's fine in this. Like, she actually made sense, and it was a fine character. This movie is a very average one. Like, it's hard to fit this one into a or a box because it is probably the most middle of the road out of the TComs we've seen.
2: Yeah, I like it when the decoms just really go all out there. Can of worms and um, what's the dog one? You lucky dog. Because they went full insane with their premises that it was a really fun time. But here it just it just fell into that whole average fish out of water thing that we've seen a million times. This one will have the least
1: amount of things to say about. Because it's not bad enough to be a nay and it's not good enough to be a yay. Yeah, so by default I'm giving it a yay because it's not bad. Because like, this it's fine.
2: Yeah, I'll, I'll give it a yay.
1: I don't know if they're being racist or if they're critiquing racism at some points.
2: Because- I think, it's, I think it's, both. <laughs> it's both. I'm going with it's both because it Cause, was the late '90s.
1: But you know what I mean? Because the two. No, I know
2: exactly what you mean.
1: Classist for sure, but it's like these upper class, uh, rich kids who are pretty much all white, and they're called the skies, and they don't like the urchin. But well,
2: the skies are the private school, and then the urchins are the public school kids, right?
1: And they have a feud because classism. Uh, potentially some racism involved, but well, they had to add in some white um, uh, urchins to prove it's not racist. That's why, totally. But the main two characters are both people of color. Uh, interesting. It's it's fine. Uh, I don't have a lot to say. Uh, snowboarding is fun. I, I care more about the snowboarding than this than I did about the skating and brink.
2: Yeah, this, the snowboarding was done, like the sequences of like when they're snowboarding was a lot more fun uh, to watch than the skating and brink. His dad's the worst the whole time. Oh my! I thought that at first, like they weren't gonna go that route, but then they did. Like at, at first, like when he said, "like Oh, I couldn't make it because I had work stuff." I'm like, "Okay, you know what? That's that's a believable reasoning." But th- then it just becomes like, "Ah, oh, surfing—it's bad. Like you- you'll become a hooligan."
1: The idea of if you have a family, you can support them is uh, He's a—he's like
2: he's still a child.
1: Like he's not looking for a job yet. Anyway, it doesn't make sense to him to like Embrin. He was looking for a job that made more sense to go something that's more sustaining, I guess. But in this, it was like, I'm trying to have fun and, and you pull me out of my home and I want to fit in with people. That's yeah. literally it. Also, the principal, the headmaster is awful as well. Yeah. He is, the principal in this movie is enforcing classist, racist things.
2: My, my first note that I took uh, for this was, do Hawaiians and surfers actually say brah or is that just a hurtful stereotype made up by the white man? <laughs> At first, I wrote that so far this is the most believable of the D-coms we've seen, but then it just becomes Brink, and it becomes not believable.
1: And then it changes from Brink and we were, it becomes it's a better version
2: of rink another weird thing that this movie does is that there's a moment early on in the film when the dad can obviously see that his son is miserable at school on his first day but then for the rest of the film he keeps telling him like oh you gotta you gotta hang out with your peers at their school like don't be surfing with those kids that are actually your friends it's just like dude you know your son is miserable like why are you doing this there was an actual joke I thought was pretty funny. When he snowboards for the first, no, when he skis for the first time, they obviously don't tell him how to ski because they're pretentious. Uh, he goes all the way down the mountain and he lands back into the store where he got the skis from. The guy says, uh, returns are on the other side, sir. I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah,
1: that was good. Also, about that moment, what's with the villains of the movies trying to kill the protagonist through a sport? I
2: wrote that scene note too.
1: Because the, the, the bullies in this try and murder someone. In that first scene. That is like that is it
2: here. They did it in Brink. brink. Why is it the bullies always want the new kid dead? What did the new kid do to them? Well, they're racist. They're not racist in Brink. They're just roller skaters.
1: Yeah, it's it's about the, the glory, the state.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Another note I have is giant tsunami about to start a revolution that skiers can snowboard and snowboarders can ski?
1: Yeah, I thought it was gonna be like gonna be like uh like Footloose. like yeah like, I'll bring it, the fun to the town, like kind of thing. And that's not what happened to the end. Yeah. (laughs) There are two brothers. One owns a ski shop, one owns a snowboard shop. And of course they fit the personalities of those people and they talk differently. They feel like it would talk and act and dress a little bit more similar than that as brothers. It's weird. I
2: will, I will give this film this. I think it's like about three quarters of the way through Johnny and his friend run away back to Hawaii because obviously they can't take it anymore where they are. And at first I thought the film was going to be like not end with, the whole, like, oh, we got to compete for, like, who gets control of the mountain, which it turns into that. But for a while, it seems like it's not going to do that. But then it does. And I feel like that if it didn't do that, then the film would have had a lot more respect in my eyes for doing something different.
1: The two kids run away to Hawaii, the two main kids, the both snowboarder urchins, pretty much. And their grandpa says, if we said to send them back now, they're just, just going to do it again. And that made complete sense. I loved that
2: there are moments in this where the family conflict and drama does get to like a believable sense of reality. And I liked it when
1: it did that, but I wish that the film did it more. I find it odd that his wife's married to him. The main guy, they seem to not like each other at all. Really?
2: I can't remember. Uh, Did Xenon and Johnny end up together in any kind of way during the film? Um... No,
1: they got a little bit like swoony. That's about it. They got close,
2: Okay. Oh, the point gets the film gets some more points for me for that for not going that route.
1: Overall, if you want to see this movie, you can. I think it's fine. I don't think it's the best one we've seen. I don't think it's the worst one we've seen. I think it's the most middle of movie we've seen so far of these.
2: I, I think a problem with this is that it didn't really know if it wanted to go like screwball comedy or if it wanted to be more sincere. It seemed that it wanted to try to find some middle ground, but it doesn't do enough of either to succeed in finding that middle ground. Yeah, that's this episode, Josh. It was this
1: episode. Crazy. We talk about Spider Man's. We and did. John Jameson. Yeah. Wolfman. Uh, yeah. So, where can people find you, Josh?
2: Uh, you can find me at Instagram, J underscore Rudy16, Twitter, J underscore Rudy28, uh, Lairbox, nerd for film 28 and YouTube at Josh Rudolph. So
1: many things. Uh, I run the Nerd Talk Productions uh, email. So that's at gmail.com. You can email into the show here uh, and there. That's pretty easy to do. Pretty fun to do, because we want. We'd love to hear your thoughts, everyone. would Be great. And I also, you can find me on Twitter at the Theater Nerd or tweet at us at NerdTalk underscore Prod, with the hashtag Geekspeakpod. We are the Nerd Talk Productions podcast. So, email us, tweet us with your thoughts, questions, concerns. We will address them in the podcast. If you want to say, Hey, I'm new. Thank you for listening. All right. See ya. See ya.
0: Even on a budget.